Warning, this podcast may contain strong explicit language as this is my personal opinions on football. Listener discretion advised. You are now listening to The Stumpy Show. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Stumpy Show. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Stump, a.k.a. Stumpy. And I was out for a little bit. Wasn't feeling the best, honestly. So I just had to take a little bit of a break. But now I'm back. And I'm feeling good right now, personally. But just to kick this off, the NFL is mourning again right now. But for a bigger name than the sport itself. The NFL lost a legend a couple days ago. Former NFL coach, former broadcaster... And the face of the NFL, John Madden, has passed away. During his time coaching, he was famously known for coaching the Oakland Raiders from 1969 to 1978, in which, in 1976, brought the Raiders to Super Bowl XI against the Minnesota Vikings. But it was mostly off the field that he was a household name, in which, from 1979 to 1993, was one of the big voices in all of CBS sports with him and Pat Summerall. And then from 1994 to 2001, would comment on, would do color commentary on Fox, and then would move to ABC Sports from 2002 to 2005, doing play-by-play commentary with Al Michaels, and then the duo moved to NBC Sports, in 2006, and Madden's last game that he would do play-by-play commentary in was in Super Bowl 43 when the Pittsburgh Steelers took on the Arizona Cardinals. And Madden was one of the people that started the Madden NFL video games as from 1988 and then so... He would start the John Madden football series, which would later be known as today as Madden NFL, published by EA Sports. Madden would be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2006 for all the work he had done to make the NFL really popular. And his cause of death has been unknown during the making of this recording and we will never forget his iconic voice men died at the age of 85 years old he will be missed by everybody john madden april 10th 1936 to december 28th 2021 and now we go on to a recap of week 16 and the first game was played on thursday night between the san francisco 49ers and the Tennessee Titans. And this game was a must-win for both teams to keep their playoff hopes alive. For the 49ers to keep themselves within wild card range, and the Titans to not have the Colts sneak up on them. And for the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo went 26 for 35 for 322 passing yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. I mean, decent is what I could say. But under Tom, if you were under Tom Brady's shadow, you would know never to throw two interceptions in a game. And in the receiving game, it's not a bird. It It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Super Debo. Debo Samuel had nine receptions for 159 receiving yards. And the reason I call him Super Debo is he can do it all and was just named to his first Pro Bowl. 
And for the Titans, Ryan Tannehill went 22 for 29 for 209 yards passing and one touchdown and little did i know that this game would be the return of aj brown as he came back with in this game with having 11 receptions for 145 receiving yards and one touchdown and on defense one sack by bud dupree one sack by denico atry one interception from Amani Hooker and one interception by JJ Jenkins. And this game came down to the wire with the Titans bringing the ball up the field to set up Randy Bullock for an easy game winning field goal to have the Titans win this game with a final score of 20 to 17. And now we move from the Music City to Lambeau Field as the Cleveland Browns took on the Green Bay Packers. And just when Baker Mayfield couldn't suck even more. In this game, he went 21 for 36 for 222 passing yards, two touchdowns, but a whopping four interceptions. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! And in this game was pretty much carried on on the back of Nick Chubb as Chubb had 17 carries for 126 rushing yards and one touchdown, along with three receptions for 58 yards receiving. And speaking of the receiving game, Rashard Higgins had five receptions for 58 yards receiving. And Jarvis Landry had four receptions for 55 yards receiving. And for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers proving, still proving he's an MVP candidate. Going 24 for 35, four for 202 passing yards and an impressive three touchdowns. And in the rushing game, Aaron Jones had 12 carries for 66 yards. And in the receiving game, a big game for Devontae Adams as he had 10 receptions for 114 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And on defense, a big game in the secondary, especially for Rasul Douglas, who's had an impressive couple weeks lately, as he had two interceptions on the day. And because of those costly turnovers by Baker Mayfield and those constant interceptions by the Packers defense, that led to the Packers winning this game with a final score of 24 to 22 and now the Browns are just moments away one or two games away most likely one for us to ask the question where will they be come playoff time the Cleveland Browns will soon be at home with Baker Mayfield you gotta love those progressive commercials with Baker Mayfield because that money is the only money he's getting to keep him from getting homeless bing bong and now we move on from Lambeau to the southwest as the Indianapolis Colts took on the Arizona Cardinals. And with the Cardinals making a playoff spot, they had been struggling as of late, especially with losing to the to the Detroit Lions. And in this game for the Colts, Carson Wentz went 18 for 28 for 225 passing yards and two touchdowns. And in the rushing game, who else but Jonathan Taylor, having 27 carries for 108 rushing yards. And in the receiving game, Michael Pittman Jr. had eight receptions for 82 yards. And also T.Y. Hilton had four receptions for 51 yards and one touchdown. And for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray went 27 for 43 for 245 passing yards and one touchdown. 
along with four carries for 74 yards on the ground. And speaking of on the ground, Chase Edmonds had 16 carries for 56 yards and one touchdown, along with eight receptions for 71 yards receiving. And the only thing on defense with flavor to note is one sack on the day by Buda Baker. And this game was insanely close, but the at the end of the day, the Colts came out with the dub with one step closer to scaring Tennessee from the top spot in the AFC South as the Colts won this game with a final score of 22 to 16. Bing bong. And now we go on to the Sunday games starting off in Cincinnati. Pretty much one of the most dominant games all year as the Baltimore Ravens took on the Cincinnati Bengals. And for this game, the Ravens had a lot of key players out, including Lamar Jackson due to an ankle injury. And I can't, Tyler, I can't believe it's not Lamar Jackson. Huntley was out due to COVID. So in for, to start for the Ravens was Josh Johnson. And he did all right. He did a good job for the Ravens' sake as he went 28 for 40 for 304 passing yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And in the receiving game, who else is going to have a big game besides Mark Andrews, who had eight receptions for 125 yards and one touchdown. And on defense, one sack by three different players, one sack by Tony Jefferson, one sack by Broderick Washington, and one sack by Isaiah Mack. And when I said earlier this was a game of pure dominance, this is what I'm talking about on the Bengals' side. As Joe Burrow had probably one of the biggest games of his career and pretty much time-traveled to 2019 with this one. Back in the days of LSU, as Burrow went 37 for 46 for a near NFL record of 525 passing yards and four touchdowns. And in the rushing game, Joe Mixon had 18 carries for 65 yards and one touchdown, along with six receptions for 70 yards and one receiving and one touchdown. And the receiving game was a big highlight of this game besides Burrow's passing. T. Higgins had 12 receptions for 194 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And odds-on favorite to win the Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase, had seven receptions for 125 yards receiving. And Tyler Boyd had three receptions for 85 yards receiving and one touchdown. I mean, this offense was like if the 2019 LSU Tigers time-traveled to this game. Like, it was 2019 Joe Burrow and 2019 Jamar Chase playing in this game. And also if 2019 Clyde Edwards-Alaire came in and took over for Joe Mixon. And also if 2019 Justin Jefferson took over for T. Higgins. And 2019 Terrence Marshall took over for Tyler Boyd. That's what it looked like out there. You weren't seeing the Bengals offense. It almost looked like you were seeing the 2019 LSU Tigers out there. And on defense, one interception by Trey Hendrick, I mean, by Von Bell, 
and one sack on the day by Trey Hendrickson. But the big question is, is Zach Taylor a little bit of John Kreese that told Joe Burrow to show no mercy? Because that's pretty much what Burrow did. Burrow showed no mercy to that defense and was showing a little bit of Cobra Kai stuff right there. As the Bengals decimated the, the Ravens with a final score of 21-41. to 41. Bing bong. And now we go down to the Dirty Bird as the Detroit Lions took on the Atlanta Falcons. And this game was pretty much a throwaway game since the Lions are out of playoff contention and the Falcons are that the Falcons are that person that just got bitten by a zombie and has asked people numerous times to shoot him dead, but nobody has done that. And for the Lions, Jared Goff didn't play in this game cuz he was on the COVID list. So in came Tim Boyle as he went 24 for 34 for 187 passing yards and one touchdown and one interception. And in the ground game, Jamal Williams had 19 carries for 77 yards. And in the receiving game, a player who is a rookie but hasn't gotten a lot of credit because the Lions are god-awful, Amon Ross St. Brown had nine receptions for 91 yards receiving and one touchdown. Don't mess him up, Dan Campbell, from here on out, because this kid could be something special soon. Maybe next year. And on defense, one sack each by Derek Barnes, Austin Bryant, and Alim McNeil. And for the Falcons, Matt Ryan went 18 for 24 for 215 yards passing and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, Kyle Pitts, tight end, rookie tight end, had six receptions for 102 yards, which puts the rookie Pro Bowler at 949 receiving yards. And one more big game out of this kid, and he is going to be breaking a record that has lasted over 60 years. Which is most receiving yards in a rookie year by a tight end, previously, which is previously held and is still held to today's day by the legendary Mike Ditka when he racked up 1,776 receiving yards as a rookie tight end for the Chicago Bears back in 1961. And Pitts is just closing in on that. And like I said, one more big game could break the record. And in close fashion, the Atlanta Falcons' playoff hopes survives for now as the Falcons won this game in a close one with a final score of 20-16. to Bing bong! And now we go up to Foxborough as the Buffalo Bills took on the New England Patriots. And in a fan perspective, I was like, what was this team doing? I couldn't believe that the performances... The Bills had the Pats allowed to happen. But that's as a fan's perspective. But in another perspective, I can give the Bills credit. Josh Allen probably had one of the best games of his career as he went 30 for 47 for 314 passing yards and three touchdowns, along with 12 carries for 64 yards on the ground. And the Bills did not have Gabriel Davis or Cole Beasley So the man that stepped up for the Bills in the wide receiver core was Isaiah McKenzie as he racked up 11 receptions for 125 yards and one touchdown. 
and Stephon Diggs had seven receptions for 85 yards and one touchdown. And the defense was just more ready for the Pats offense than the first time around as Ed Oliver had one sack on the day and two interceptions were made by Micah Hyde. And for the Pats, it was just brutal for them as Mac Jones went 14 for 32. I can't believe that. He was just getting on fire and more accurate with the ball and then this happens. For a whopping 145 yards. Could have been better, but for yardage, that's pretty much as expected. No touchdowns, but a whopping two interceptions, which as a fan is just unacceptable and inexcusable. And that's just, like I said, just saying this as a fan's perspective. And the one player on the offense who was actually doing quite well and was actually having the Pats in this game Damian Harris had 18 carries for 103 yards and three touchdowns. Probably the only person on that on that Pats team who deserves a medal right now. And the only thing notable on the, the receiver core to note was Jacoby Myers having six receptions for 59 yards. And I'm not talking about the defense because the defense was atrocious. It almost looked like their beginning selves, beginning of the year. Sometimes as a fan, this makes my blood boil. And the thing is, the Pats have zero excuses for all this. But at the same time, I give credit where credit's due. The Bills were just a better team. The Bills were more prepared as they should have. And they made the Pats look like that their winning streak was just a straight up fluke. And if the Pats don't fix this soon, they could be in trouble. I mean, they'll probably make the playoffs. I mean, they probably will make the playoffs. But still, whatever happened that game, it needs to be fixed. And it needs to be fixed right now. Or else the Pats probably aren't going to go far in the playoffs. I mean, if they don't go far in the playoffs, it'll probably be no big deal. They'll probably stack up next year and then push themselves to be much better. I mean, you got a young team. And even though Bill Belichick isn't getting any younger, the future is still bright for the Pats. And the Bills... Which just easily easily went on to win this game with a final score of 33 to 21. And now we move on to Astro World as the Los Angeles Chargers took on the Houston Texans. And the Chargers need some key wins to make a playoff push. And on paper, it kind of looked like they should have. I mean, Houston's easy. They haven't been good since De- since DeAndre Hopkins got traded to the Arizona Cardinals. That was the first nail in the coffin. The next nail in the coffin was longtime superstar J.J. Watts going to the Arizona Cardinals. And the final nail in the coffin was that Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston so bad. But sexual assault allegations were piling up as he could have gotten free agent offers from Carolina or Miami are the free agent or trade offers. And then, then, like I said, those sexual assault allegations happened. But in this game for the Chargers, Justin Herbert went 27 for 35 for 336 yards for one touchdown and two interceptions. And in the rushing game, no Austin Eckler, so in came Justin Jackson as he had 11 carries for 64 yards and two touchdowns. On the ground, along with eight receptions for 99 y- 98 yards in the receiving game. 
and the only thing notable is one sack by Jerry Tillery. And for the Texans, Davis Mills went 21 for 27 for 254 passing yards and two touchdowns. And in the rushing game came from an old friend who used to play for the Pats. Somebody who I felt like he would never put up these, these numbers in a Patriots uniform, but would still come in clutch when it matters most. And that person I'm talking about is Rex Burkhead. And Burkhead had 22 carries for an impressive 149 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I mean, great running back for the Patriots, but but as a Pats fan, we would never see him put, no, put up numbers like this. And in the receiving game, Chris Conley had three receptions for 60 yards and one touchdown. Also, Bra Braven Jordan had four receptions for 56 yards. And another former friend, and who is also a former New England Patriot, Philip Dorsett, PD13, had three receptions for 55 yards receiving. And on defense, one interception on the day by Jonathan Owens and one interception by Tavir Thomas, which one of them was a pick six to seal the game, as I don't know how the Chargers allowed this to happen. A big time upset that could possibly cost the Chargers the season, and almost somewhat repeat it, but worded a little different. If the Chargers miss the playoffs, then this will be the game that they look back and be like, man, should have won that game. Yeah, no kidding. With the Texans beating the Chargers in probably a big time upset with a final score of 41 to 29. Bing bong. And now we go on to MetLife Stadium as we witness a tank bowl for the ages between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. And in this game for the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence went 26 for 39 for 280 yards passing. And in the rushing game, since James Robinson got injured and messed up his Achilles and will be out for the rest of the season for the last two games, in came Dare Ogunbowale, if that's how you pronounce it, I think. I don't know. Had 17 carries for 57 yards rushing and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, Marvin Jones had eight receptions for 74 yards. Tavon Austin had six receptions for 68 yards, and Laquan Treadwell had four receptions for 54 yards. And for the Jets, Zach Wilson went 14 for 22 for 102 yards passing and one touchdown passing, along with four carries for 91 yards and one touchdown on the ground which that lone touchdown was a 52-yarder. And also in the rushing game, Michael Carter had 16 carries for eight 118 yards. And only thing notable much to point out is one sack on the day by C.J. Mosley. And something that I never really touch on, in the kick return department, Braxton Burrios had a kick return touchdown, which that was one of many reasons why the Jets won this game, even though this was a throwaway game for both teams since they're both out of playoff contention. And the Jaguars are one step closer to snagging the number one overall pick again, as the Jets won this game with a final score of 26-21. to Bing bong. 
And now we move on to the other dirty bird in Philly as the New York Giants took on the Philadelphia Eagles. And in this game, Jake from State Farm took the reins as the starter, but he was atrocious going 6 for 17 for only a whopping 25 yards and no touchdowns and one interception. And in came Mike Glennon, and he didn't do as good. I mean, completion and attempt ratio, not bad, 17 for 27. But for a whopping 93 yards passing, I had a touchdown on the day, but also an interception. And for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts went 17 for 29 for 199 yards and two touchdowns. And in the receiving game, Devontae Smith had five receptions for 80 yards and one touchdown. And this was a game where a lineman caught a, caught a, for a ball for a touchdown. That being longtime offensive lineman and multi-time Pro Bowler Lane Johnson. On defense, one sack each by John Sweat and Milton Williams, and an interception on an interception on the day by Alex Singleton, and one interception on the day by Rodney McLeod or Leod. Overall, this game wasn't really that special, but at the same time, what do you expect? Since the Giants aren't that good. And I mean they weren't even good with Daniel Jones, but man. This is even worse. As in squid game fashion, the New York Giants eliminated. As the Eagles win and keep their playoff hopes alive, winning with a final score of 34-10. to And now we go on to Minnesota as the Los Angeles Rams took on the Minnesota Vikings. And for the Rams, probably one of the weakest games passing-wise for Matthew Stafford as he went 21 for 37 for 197 yards passing, one touchdown, but a whopping three interceptions. And this just shows you could take the player out of Detroit, but not the Detroit out of the player. And if Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson had the opportunity to leave without retiring, then they that would have been them too. And in the rushing game, another former New England Patriots running back doing extremely well, that being Sony Michelle, as he had 27 carries for 131 yards, and rushing, and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, who else to make a big game, big game besides Cooper Cup, as he had 10 receptions for 109 yards. And with Cup sitting in at 1,734 yards receiving, he's another player inching his way towards an NFL record. Held by former Lions wide receiver, Megatron himself, Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson, who had 1,964 receiving yards back in 2012. And Cup is around 230 yards away from tying the record and one more to break it. And on defense, one sack on the day from late bloomer of the season, Aaron Donald. One interception on the day by Traven Howard. One sack on the day by Greg Gaines. And that's pretty much it. And for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins went 27 for 38 for 315 yards passing. One touchdown and one interception. And in the receiving game, Justin Jefferson had eight receptions for 116 yards receiving. And KJ Osborne had five receptions for 68 yards receiving and one touchdown. And on defense, the secondary had themselves a game as Anthony Barr had two interceptions on the day 
and Xavier Woods had one interception on the day. But the Rams were lucky to squeeze the victory in this game as the Rams win this game with a final score of 30-23. to Bing bong. And now we go down to Carolina as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took on the Carolina Panthers. As for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady went 18 for 30 for 232 yards passing and one touchdown. And in the rushing game with Leonard Fournette gone for the year, it's time for the others to step up. That being said, Keyshawn Vaughn, might as well start calling him King Vaughn after that. Had seven carries for 70 yards and rushing and one touchdown. And also, Ronald Jones had 20 carries for 65 yards and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, bad news. No Mike Evans because he's on the COVID list. No Chris Godwin because he's injured and will miss the rest of the season. But good news out of all this for the receiving core, Antonio Brown is back. And he came in with, with 10 receptions for 101 yards. And also, Cyril Grayson had three carries for, I mean, no, three receptions for 81 yards receiving. And on defense, the front seven was all over Carolina. And it didn't matter who you had, Cam Newton or Sam Darnold in as quarterback. Two and a half sacks on the day for William Golston and one sack on the day by four different players. Kevin, Mon- Kevin Minter, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, and Anthony Nelson. And also one interception on the day by Jordan Whitehead. And for the Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold and Cam Newton were being passed around when it came to snap. Being passed around like a girl who definitely belongs to the streets, if you know what I mean. First it started off with Newton and then switched to Darnold. With Darnold going 15 for 32 for 190 yards passing. And Cam Newton only having going 7 for 13 for 61 yards passing, 0 touchdowns, and 1 interception. Along with 5 carries for 42, y- 42 yards rushing. And in the receiving game, She Smith, which is a weird name, had 3 receptions for 86 yards receiving. Robbie Anderson had 5 receptions for 58 yard- yards receiving. And DJ Moore had five receptions for 55 yards receiving. And Carolina was so awful that they laid down and died in this game as their playoff hopes go bye-bye. Now, as should have said in Squid Game fashion, Carolina Panthers eliminated as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won this game with a final score of 32-6. to And now we go up to the Northwest in Seattle, Washington as the Chicago Bears took on the Seattle Seahawks. At this point, the Bears were out of playoff contention, and the big question going in, would Seattle follow up after that? And at quarterback, no Justin Fields, no Andy Dalton, so the Bears had to bring back an old meme. Three names we haven't heard in a very long time. Just in the meme world. Big Dick Nick. You heard that correctly. Nick Foles is back from hibernation, but he has zero chance of trying to bring the Bears back to playoff contention. So it's pretty much all for nothing. As Foles went 24 for 35 for 250 yards passing and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, running back David Montgomery 
had seven receptions for 61 yards. Darnell Mooney had five receptions for 57 yards. And on defense, most notably, one sack on the day by Robert Quinn. And for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson went 16 for 27 for 181 yards, passing and two touchdowns. And in the rushing game, a player that's been on fire as of late for the Seahawks and has been surprisingly good set, good for a while as right now, Rashad Penny had 17 carries for 135 yards rushing and one touchdown. And in the receiving game, Gerald Everett had four receptions for 68 yards and one touchdown. And on defense, two sacks on the day by Carlos Dunlop and two sacks on the day by Rashem Green. Scratch, scratch that, Rashim Green. And Foles' lone touchdown came when it mattered most with being down 17-24. to Foles threw a short touchdown to Jimmy Graham, which brought the game within one point. And then going for the two-point conversion, Foles threw a pass to Demir Bird to have the two-point conversion good. And with little time on the clock, the Seahawks could do little to nothing as the Bears won this game. And now for the Seahawks playoff hopes, the Seattle Seahawks eliminated as the Bears won this game with a final score of 25 to 24. Bing bong. And now we go on to Vegas, baby, as the Denver Broncos took on the Las Vegas Raiders. And in this game, Teddy Bridgewater is out and in comes pretty much a bust at this point, Drew Locke, even though Locke was a second rounder. As Locke went 15 for 22, for 153 yards passing. And in the receiving game, Jerry Judge Judy had three receptions for 60 yards receiving. On defense, one and a half sacks on the day by Shelby Harris, and also an interception by Bradley Chubb. And for the Raiders, Derek Carr went 20 for 25 for 201 yards, one touchdown, and one interception on the day. And in the rushing game, Josh Jacobs had 27 carries for 129 rushing yards. And in the receiving game, Foster Moreau had four receptions for 67 yards. Zay Jones had six receptions for 50 yards. Deshaun Jackson had four receptions for 44 yards. And Hunter Renfro had four, three receptions for 40 yards yards receiving and one touchdown. And on defense, one sack each by Quinton Jefferson and Max Double X Crosby. And this game was very close, but in the end, the Raiders came out with the victory as their playoff hopes are still alive. As the Raiders won this game with a final score of 7-13. Bing bong! And now we go on to Arrowhead as the Pittsburgh Steelers took on the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is another stop on the Big Ben retirement tour. As the Steelers were doing solid going into this game. Especially hearing that this season will probably be the last for Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. And in this game, Roethlisberger went 23 for 35 for 159 passing yards. One touchdown and one interception as that's pretty much subpar numbers at best. In the rushing game, Najee Harris had 19 carries for 93 yards. And in the receiving game, one player who is actually decent and barely messes around 
Deontay Johnson had six receptions for 51 yards and one touchdown. On defense, one sack each by Cameron Hayward and Alex Highsmith. And for the Chiefs, they were another team on fire heading into this game as Patrick Mahomes in this game went 23 for 30 for 258 yards passing and three touchdowns. And in the receiving game, this game was pretty much without Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill literally doing very little. So doing all the work in the receiving game was Brian Pringle as he had six receptions for 75 yards receiving and two touchdowns. On defense, one sack each by Tershawn Wharton and Frank Clark and one interception on the day by Trevarius Ward. And this game was another game which was no mercy from the first snap to the end of the game as the the Kansas City Chiefs took this game with a final score of 36 to 10. Bing bong. And now we head to Cowboys Stadium as the Washington football team took on the Dallas Cowboys. And this game was another game of pure dominance. As Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen were split in snaps. As Heineke went a whopping 7 for 22 for 121 yards passing. One touchdown and a whopping two interceptions. And Kyle Allen came in going 8 of 10 for 67 yards and one touchdown, but that was pretty much at garbage time. And on defense, one sack on the day by Deron Payne, and one sack on the day by Dijon Harris. And for the Cowboys, on the other hand, Dak Prescott went 28 for 39, for 330 yards passing and an impressive four touchdowns. And down the line, the receiving game had a big day, as, as first off, Amari Cooper had seven receptions for 85 yards and one touchdown. Next, Dalton Schultz had eight receptions for 82 yards and one touchdown. Next, Malik Turner had three receptions for 82 yards and one touchdown. Next, CeeDee Lamb, four receptions, 66 yards. Next, Michael Gallup, two receptions, for 53 yards. And that that secondary was getting cooked for the football team. And on defense, it was, they were just as dominant as Michael Parsons had a sack on the day. One sack on the day by Jaron Curse. One sack on the day by Durance Armstrong. Also, one sack, one sack for Demarcus Lawrence plus an interception and an interception by Trayvon Diggs who Diggs now has 11 interceptions this season. And a performance like that for the Cowboys definitely had the other other team, the Washington football team, fighting with each other, and that's exactly what happened between two defensive tackles, that being Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. And not just a verbal match, but every but punches happening. As the Cowboys were pretty much Cobra Kai at that point, in this game, pretty much like the Bengals against the Ravens, showing no mercy since the first snap until the end as the Cowboys won this game with a final score of 56-14. to Bing bong! And now we head on down to New Orleans as the Miami Dolphins took on the New Orleans Saints. And with this game, Tua Tungvaloa, who didn't have the best game, but still did all right. But at the same time, didn't have to, and I'll explain later, 
went 19 for 26 for 198 yards passing, one touchdown, and one interception. And in the receiving game, rookie Jalen Waddell had 10 receptions for 92 yards and one touchdown. And what I mean by J Tua didn't need to have the best game for them to win, it, it was pretty much the defense did it all for him. As the team had eight total sacks. Leading the way with two, two sacks on the day, Emmanuel Ogbog, Ogba. Then one and a half sacks on the day by Jerome Baker. One sack on the day by Zach Seiler, Xavier Howard, and Brandon Jones. As Jones also had an interception. And half sacks by three different players, J... Javon Holland, Christian Wilkins, and Raquan Davis. And also an interception on the day by Nick Needham. And for the Saints, no Trevor Simeon and no Taysom Hill as both of them were on the COVID list. So in comes in book. As he had, he went 12 for 20 for 135 yards passing. Zero touchdowns and two interceptions. And in the rushing game, Alvin Kamara had 13 carries for 52 yards. And in the receiving game, Lil Jordan Humphrey, probably one of the most ghetto names I've ever heard, Lil Jordan, but there have been many more ghetto names, had three receptions for 70 yards. But the Saints defense did all they could as two sacks on the day by Cameron Jordan, one sack on the day by Marcus Davenport, and one interception by Marshawn Lattimore. But at that point, Miami's defense pretty much sealed the game as the Dolphins become the first team to ever start off with a seven-game winning streak. Seven, I mean, scratch that. Start off with a seven-game losing streak and then having a seven-game winning streak as the Dolphins win and keep their playoff hopes alive with a final score of 20 to 3. Bing bong. And now we go to Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week. For my Offensive Player of the Week, it was no surprise. I literally couldn't believe the numbers when I first saw them of what happened in that game, but my Offensive Player of the Week has to go to Joe Burrow. I mean, when you almost break an NFL record for most passing yards in a single game, that's a lot of recognition. I mean, it's crazy to think about, but I think Joe Burrow from 2019 time-traveled to this game because I have a feeling that after Burrow found out he didn't make the Pro Bowl, he was that pissed off and took all that out on the Ravens' defense. And even though Burrow didn't break the record for most passing yards in a game, he was damn real close, with the record being 554 passing yards set by Norm Van Brocklin back in 1951. And since then, the two players that were close to doing it, besides Burrow, was Matt Schaub back in 2012 and Warren Moon back in 1990, with both of those guys throwing for 527 yards in a single game. And if Burrow keeps that up, he'll probably he'll probably break that record one of these days. And honorable mentions have to go to Dak Prescott and my other honorable mentions have to go to two former New England Patriots running backs, Sony Michelle 
and Rex Burkhead. And for Defensive Player of the Week, it was tough to decide. Has to go to Tavir Thomas from the Houston Texans with six tackles on the day plus that interception to seal the game leading to that upset against the Los Angeles Chargers, which the Chargers could be in trouble after this game. My honorable mentions have to go to Micah Hyde from the Buffalo Bills, Anthony Barr from the Minnesota Vikings, Demarcus Lawrence from the Dallas Cowboys. And that will wrap up this episode of the Stumpy Show with the games, uh, with the playoffs around the corner. With the Chiefs being the only team from the AFC so far that has clinched a playoff spot. And for the NFC, with mentioning the Packers making the playoffs, the four other, four other teams have clinched the playoffs as well. That being the Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, LA Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals. And for right now, most of the spots of the other spots are up for grabs, with the NFC having two spots left. And as always, I'm your host, Kyle Stump, a.k.a. Stumpy, and I'll see you next time. Bye bye